Hi, I'm Leslie Parmeter from Climate Performance Partners, and I welcome you to the Climate Connect podcast, where we share valuable insights from the eye care business world with optometrist owners and staff members to help address challenges, achieve their goals, and transform their practice. In today's episode, I'm joined by two of our network partner managers from River Valley Eye Professionals in Northfield, Minnesota, Heidi Brook, who is the optical director there, and Shelby Oster, the optometric technician director. Thank you both for joining me today on our Climate Connect podcast. In our last episode, I talked with two managers from a practice in Ontario, Canada, about how they went about creating a positive workplace culture. And today, we're going to focus in on that same subject, since at your practice, you both, along with the other two directors at River Valley Eye Professionals, went about it a completely different way. And I think it's important to share different ways of arriving at the same place just to give practices a variety of paths to choose from. Now, Heidi, you came up with this idea called Culture Connections. Tell us about it. I went to a conference and they talked about a culture that rocks. And the top three things were like, be happy, be awesome, and help everybody else with one and two. And so we kind of did that and put ourselves in their shoes and thought, how can we make this better, a better place to work for them? And by them, you're talking about your staff, right? Yes. And so for the lunchroom, for instance, so we just painted the walls blue. Blue kind of omits that trust and that comfort and the, you know, less anxiety kind of thing. So we painted that. We got different lunchroom tables in there, just made it a more comfortable, relaxing space for everybody. Great. Sounds like you got that off to a really good start. So why don't you provide us with some more details on how this community connection project works? Kind of how this is going to go in the future is we're going to divide it into quarters. So we have four directors here, people that kind of oversee each department. So we want to divide that into quarters and like pick one from each department to be part of that group. And what we ended up doing for this year, we divide it into the two last quarters, so quarter three and quarter four. And we have two directors kind of leading that, a doctor, and then two people from each department. So everybody can kind of experience it this year. So what we did is we're like, okay, we're going to do a monthly lunch with them. So we took them out to lunch. We created a culture collaboration packet, kind of our guideline. We really Mm -hmm. wanted them to have a voice and kind of see where their ideas and things were stemming from. But we also put an emphasis on our core values. Respect, compassion, positivity, commitment, integrity, teamwork, and trust. So that kind of gave a guideline as well. So we have like six core values. And so we were like, okay, we're going to make this a little bit smaller. So we'll focus on two this quarter and then two more next quarter. One thing we did add to it, we didn't want to add an extra core value. So we just kind of put an emphasis on that compassion piece of well-being. And we just wanted to provide resources for people for mental health, financial, anything we could think of that might help people not only at work, but in their personal life as well. Okay, so you're all going out once a month to lunch together, which of course helps to foster community by doing something socially outside of work. That's great. Right. And I think that's the piece that oftentimes is missed is building those relationships in between because then you go on these outings and it's super awkward if you haven't built any kind of connection in between. Speaking of the outings, you also all go out and do something together socially twice a year, something bigger, and that's separate from your community connections initiative, right? So that's been going on for a while, the outings. That's more of like the culture calendar, which is very different from the culture connections. Two a year, we'll do a group outing. And again, doing something socially together outside of work, another 
great way to build relationships within the office. Having fun together. Yeah. So who comes up with the ideas for the outings? The outings, us directors come together. So we kind of have that outline of a culture calendar and kind of decide. But we do want to integrate the culture connections in that piece to see what do they want? You know, what Mm -hmm. do they want to do? And kind of what we're finding so far is they would rather have a company picnic, you know, something Mm. not as elaborate. We're really finding it's the little things that matter to them. Now, I know you haven't been doing this community connections for very long. Any challenges that you are kind of thinking about along the way as this moves forward? The only thing I think is just keeping the momentum and keeping our millennials and kind of motivating them to take initiative in their ideas and ownership in their ideas. Okay, so you you are really about motivation. So what does that look like to you and how are we going to keep that momentum going? They're kind of forming this outline of motivation, appreciation and recognition, having fun, wellness. And what our jobs as directors really are is in that and giving them that voice is kind of guiding them toward that motivation and initiative piece. Are you getting positive feedback on this experiment so far? It's really been perceived well so far. I mean, we're really happy with it. And it's really made a difference in their initiative and their engagement and sharing their ideas with certain things over here, which has really improved our teamwork and overall morale. I'm so overwhelmed with just seeing everybody's passions come to life and their ideas and seeing how happy they are. Yeah, it's really great. So Heidi, I'd actually like to hear from one of your other directors at River Valley Eye Professionals about this, and she's with you. Optical Technician Director Shelby Oster. Shelby, what have you seen happening as a result of the creation of Community Connections, the monthly lunches and the team outings? What's going on? I mean, Heidi brought up a great point this morning. And she said, you know, we go and do these outings. And before it was kind of awkward because you stuck with your department because that's all who you knew. And now it's like, You know, I think people just know each other more and they're trusting each other more and leaning Mm -hmm. on each other. And that's a good point mm because the departments are interacting more too. Yep. We're interacting with each other. There's people are eating lunches together. You know, I think that's helped too, is our clinic doesn't see patients from 12 to one. And so before people were taking, we didn't do that. And people are taking lunches at all different times. And I think like now we all kind of have the same schedule. Like we're just all together more. Mm -hmm. Before it was kind of like, even Heidi probably can say that like when you first started where I'm like, oh no, I don't go over to optical. (laughs) That's crazy. And now it's like, everybody's just so fluid with each other and they want to know, you know, it's like, it's so fun. And it it wasn't easy to get here. You know, it definitely, there was bumps in the road and and there was a lot of, do we trust this? You know, how do we get to that Mm -hmm. place, that common ground? And it it did take effort, you know, Mm -hmm. on on all of our parts just to kind of get to that collaborative place as directors. break walls down because there's two of us directors that have been here under the old management where we still question ourselves of like, should we be doing this? We're going to get in trouble. We need to, we can't do that. (laughs) We can't talk like that. We can't talk to, you know, and then Heidi and the other director that came in after it, you know, you guys kind of are like, nope, I have a vision I'm going to do. And it's like, you better ask. And it's like, but we're (laughs) going to let's go. We're going. And so for me, from my perspective, I was like, I don't want to hold people back. And so I really had to set aside my fears and my insecurities. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about that anymore. It was about them and their growth and not being afraid of my own strengths. You know, and I think we kind of out there that, you know, because we're women and insecurities can get the best of us. 
We all have our own lane and we all have our strengths and it's just like building our strengths up and then helping each other with Perfect. our weaknesses. Going back to our staff, like I think they see that we are trying to help each other and lift each other up and having the respect for like the line of communication. And so then they see that. So then they feel more comfortable interacting with the other department. It sounds like all the hard work that you've done building the relationships among you all has really paid off. We're better together is what we always say. Yeah. It's obvious that you directors have put a lot of effort and time into creating a workplace culture that you're now all enjoying and proud of. Would you say that Dr. Heilman, as the practice owner, has really helped pave the way for all of this to happen? Would you say that this kind of positive workplace culture has to start from the top to really be successful? Yeah, it totally does. It does. But he's not afraid to question the journey that we're going on. He wants to know the why behind it. He supports it, but he'll come back to you and be like, where is your mindset going? But he doesn't dictate you. He doesn't undermine us. It's just like, let me understand where your end game is with this idea. Yes. Yep. He's quite amazing. Sounds to me like a big part of the success you've had with your practice culture has to do with the OD practice owner. And of course, for you guys, that's Dr. Heilman, who gives you the ability to grow by giving you the freedom to make decisions and execute on ideas that you come up with. Basically, he's getting out of the way of staff growth and putting his trust in you all. Now, you both said it wasn't easy to get to that place, but you did. And it seems like it really paid off because the practice is thriving from what I can tell. Oh, I can't wait to get to work every day. I don't know about you, but I'm just like, I like being here. Yeah, every day. He's just genuinely a great person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For example, we were going to do a lunch. He didn't go because he's like, oh, they probably will say more if I'm not around. And our staff was like, but we want him here. Yeah. Like just to show them like he's a person, but like when we're eight to five, he's probably going to be a little bit more, but like you turn it Mm -hmm. off and he can be a friend. Yes, for sure. Yes. He would literally like drop anything for you, even on a weekend, Mm -hmm. you know, and just to show. He would do anything for anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's just an amazing human. It's wonderful that as a staff, you all feel that way about Dr. Heilman because that caring attitude is the driving force behind creating the kind of connected community of staff, which you all have there now at River Valley Eye Professionals. Wonderful. Yeah. And he's got a clinic of women. He's holding it all together very well. (laughs) I understand that Dr. Heilman is also good at bringing on associates and making them really feel a part of the team and, uh, part of the decision-making process as well, right? Yeah. He really takes time with them. He does. He does. Their offices share a wall. So it's like he has an office and then the two associates share an office together. And I bet he's in there at every lunch hour and he's sitting there and it might be about work. It might be personal, but it's like he connects with them at least three times a week and they feel very heard. If they have an idea, he definitely thinks about it and tries to execute it. He's really good about finding, like, even if I've had a conversation with him, he can talk to you and then he will pick out exactly what you need to motivate you or make you feel part mm-hmm. of the team. And it could be one word. Like one time he said to me, how about a little confidence? And I was like, oh, shoot, you're right. Think about that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Right now, our technician staff is quite young we need to guide them a little bit. We're learning that we have to pretty much like spell out everything to them, kind of task them, checklist and everything. But he just does such a great job at just kind of like centering you and just kind of being like, okay, what do we do? 
rather than, oh, let's haul them in. And he goes, you need more positive than negative. Give them, what is it, the reverse Oreo? You hit them with the positive, you give them constructive criticism, and then you end with a positive. And he yes. does a great job at just really saying. You, you never really know when he's criticizing you, though. That's great, though. That's what makes him a great boss. He's great. so good, so smooth oh, at it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you mentioned that you have some young people on staff, so your team is comprised of different age groups. That must make communication kind of challenging at times. But he's just so good at, like, he's so good at just helping, like, how do you get the one that doesn't want to evolve versus the one that we have to just really guide along? You know, I mean, it's like he helps us in every avenue. We call him the chameleon. Yes. Because he's adaptable and he just shifts to whatever is needed in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. What a great skill to have. But you know, it sounds to me like he's a really good listener, very observant and positive with his response to any given situation. Those are leadership qualities. But yeah, I have to learn on the don't react. Let's teach. I have to learn like it might be important to me, but I literally would fall in front of a bus for Dr. Heilman. So I look at it as this is a reflection of him in the community as well. And as the clinic. And so I look, that's where I look at it as like, it's not necessarily my quirks. It's just like, how do we want to present? So you got to take pride. Yes. And it's really interesting. All the things that the two of you talked with me about during our conversation here today, Number one, you respect Dr. Heilman. You like him as a person. You enjoy working for him. Two, you want the practice to look neat, clean, and orderly because you all feel pride surrounding the practice and what you all do there for the community. And you want it to reflect the way you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And of course, all these aspects tie into creating a positive uh, work culture. Do you have... And I've been meaning to ask, have you created a mission statement and your core values for the practice? And we do, but I think he's kind of in the midst of changing the it's mission little, statement. You know, it's pretty kind of like, oh, this is a nice one. I think mm-hmm. the core values are nice, but I, we got to personalize it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's interesting. After speaking with managers Brittany and Jason from Eyes on Shepherd in Ontario in Kleinman Connect podcast episode six about how they created their positive practice culture, they both said that creating the practice's core values and mission statement were powerful tools in the development of that culture that the team wanted. So never underestimate the value of doing those two things. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, we just gotta, we gotta jazz it up a little bit. So let me ask you two, you two are directors and there are two other directors at the practice. How do you all work together? We are all so different, but I think that that's what works is because everybody has different ideas and we all come together. It's just, it's really impressive to see that we all, I mean, of course, everybody has their days just like we're a family and we have, this is our extended families. Then Heidi messaged yesterday, I was like, I'm out of the loop. Heidi was like, what can I do to help? Where it's like, she didn't say like get over it (laughs) lean on me what can I do you just use your resource of me today you know whatever and I just wrote her a message this morning like I'm just so thankful that I can lean on you and we can lean on each other Mm -hmm. yeah and it wasn't anything direct like it wasn't like you did this or so-and-so did this I was just kind of like okay my world is spinning right now I feel like if one of us is feeling like that like the other three of us can be like let's pull together Mm -hmm. and I think our staff sees that We don't let anybody fail. Mm -hmm. It's great that you all have that kind of relationship where you can lean on each other and help each other out when that's needed. You've 
really taken your practice culture, I think, to the next level and created something special there. Yeah. And I noticed once I told my team, I trust you. That word trust is so huge. Yes. I trust you to be able to do these things when I'm not here. Yep. Yep. Or even if I am here, like you don't have to come to me and ask permission. Yeah. Trust is huge. That certainly lends itself to a great practice culture. Now, one final question that I have for the two of you that ties into your practice culture, and it has to do with fostering well-being among your staff. You've done something interesting that involves time off, and it ties into your approach with mental health. Why don't you tell us about it? And mental health is such a huge thing in it today's is. day and age. It that, is. And it can be so uncomfortable for people mm-hmm. that want to talk about yes. or even yeah. offer a helping mm-hmm. hand or a listening yep. ear or a shoulder to cry on. Yep. But it's so important. It's so important. So we're really sensitive yes. to that. Yep. Very sensitive. Going back to my earlier years here, if you called in because you had a sick kid or whatever, you would pay for it from administration the day, the next day. You were so scared to call in, so scared. Yep. And even on your days off, it's like you felt like you had to like always comment on somebody's teams or always do what, you know, and it's like, no, just take this day. The technician staff actually only works like 32 to 34 hours a week. Michelle Parker, the other director, and I fought really hard for that because we've noticed if they go to 36 to 40, that their call-in rates were higher or their production and the productivity Mm -hmm, was less. less. And so giving them that half day or a whole day off, it boosted morale. They come in and they come refreshed and they come and they all have those same days off. And I've noticed that it's really helped us with attendance and productivity and morale Mm -hmm. giving them that balance Mm -hmm. yeah that's great and (laughs) it's easy to believe that your staff loves having that shorter work week full time for us is 36 hours yeah and you get you're eligible for all the benefits Mm -hmm. that was a tough one to get past dr howman he was like (laughs) and i'm like Yes. So then we threw out the idea of like, how about from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we're closed at three every Friday, you know? And And he was like, yep, done. He like, and (laughs) we came to him, we're like, we will see less patients, but we can add them here and we can do this. And this is how much we'd see. Like we came to him with numbers. We came to him in like five minutes. He was like, let's do it. And like, he presented to the staff and they were all like, thank you. Thank you. You know, or even we talked about like Black Friday. Yeah. Closed. So like instead of implementing like mental health days, like giving them kind of longer weekends over like the holiday Mm -hmm. weekends. You know, and the beauty of you offering those benefits of working just a few less hours each week and a bit more added holiday time, many people really appreciate those kind of perks, I think, over working longer hours, but making more money. Are you finding that to be true for you guys? Yeah, I truly think it's going to lessen our call-ins and our time off. Like people are just Mm going to come, they're going to grind, and then they're going to be refreshed. And everybody gets their birthday off paid. But I just truly think like giving them that time, like then they come in here and it's like, then you come and give us 100% when Mm -hmm. you're here. Uh Just real quick to kind of end on it. I'm going to knock on wood here. If we make it through 2023, we have had zero staff changes. Retention has been amazing. We've added because of our growing practice, but we haven't had anybody exit for any reason. And I think that that speaks volumes Mm -hmm. of, you know, especially in this day and age as everybody's trying to find a newer and better and grass is greener on the other side, or, you know, I can get paid here. I can work from home and do this. Mm -hmm. They feel valued. They do. We always say, this isn't a job. We're making this a career for you. We're making avenues for you to grow. To grow. Yep. Yep. 
That's great. Well, Heidi and Shelby, you two have really provided a lot of ideas for practices to improve their workplace culture. And I want to congratulate you on your Community Connections Initiative and all the things you've accomplished so far to make River Valley Eye Professionals a great place to work. Thanks for sharing with us today. Now I just want to summarize for you listeners the key takeaways from today's podcast. Some steps you can take in your own practice to foster a positive working environment are create opportunities for staff to get to know each other either at work or outside of work because having fun with coworkers is a great way to bond and develop trusting relationships. Simple gestures from management to staff, like giving extra time off or improving the staff break room can go a long way toward building a positive working environment. Giving staff the opportunity to contribute in a meaningful way to the culture at work can pay off for the whole team. Ask your team for suggestions on what they would like to see happen or be able to do, and don't be surprised when simple things are greatly appreciated. And investing time in the practice culture really pays off, literally, if you take into consideration that a happy and motivated staff produces more and tends to stay. Can you say growth? That wraps up another Climate Connect podcast episode. I hope you found today's conversation helpful. And keep in mind, we have a treasure trove of resources for our optometric practice partners at KleinmanConnect.com. If you're not a member and you would like to know more about us and access all kinds of valuable information, visit us at Kleinman.com. I look forward to connecting with you again next month for our next Climb and Connect podcast, always on the first Wednesday of each month. Unless, of course, it's a special edition like this one. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Catch you next time.